Let's take a ride into the minds of the faces on the train. Perceptions, influences, differences, and similitudes, one interactive moment at a time. Edith is a quiet community staple, the kind of woman you don't even want to know that you don't want to be without. She's the kind of Shiro whose stories die when she leaves the planet. I saw her at the food bank when I was dropping off cans. She is perpetually familiar and resembles Auntie Eloise on my father's side. Faces on the train. Edith. Grocery day. The city changes all around Edith, but her building on H Street changes none. The rickety elevator smells like steak fried ham, cheap beer, island spices, chitlins, piss, and banana muffins. It takes three hours today to travel up the street and back to the new Whole Foods Market on the bus. The thoughts that have occurred to her are of broken bones, snatched purses, dangerous ruts in the pavement, and tree roots pushing through the cement. She has thought of children running fast, gang retaliations, crossfire, and those strange orange foldable UNICEF boxes to collect pennies for trick-or-treat. Edith has a wire-wheeled caddy and a walking cane she throws ahead of herself to descend from her chariot. There are no friendly arms reaching to help or harm Miss Harriet heading home. She climbs off the bus. When the shopping ordeal is over, she will pour herself a tumbler full of home-brewed sweet tea over ice with a slice of fresh lemon. Oh, do not forget that slice of lemon. She smiles to herself about the future afternoon pleasure on her tiny balcony getaway, cramped with potted plants and a miniature hibachi. The groceries are only four solid blocks away, but every step takes an eternity. Her life has 70 years locked up inside of it. She is strong, but slow, tall, but slightly bent. Rail thin and elegant, with a head full of thick and completely silver hair. She is made of wisdom and electricity. A wild young one, she has spent most of her years proper, reserved, and refined. Restraining her sultry side, Edith was quiet and sadly underexpressed. She had taken shorthand for the first revolution in simple pumps and skirt suits with lipstick and a steno pad. She even collected bottles of fancy drugstore perfumes. Edith has spent time circulating petitions and registering voters at churches, fish fries, and backyard barbecues near and far for decades now. She has danced in juke joints, in saddle shoes, and under disco balls with above-the-knee hemlines. She even had to escape a man set to pound his fist as his demented love expression, the father of her three brilliant sons. Edith had to fight that man, sometimes just up out of a deep sleep or over hot grease on the stove and grits while making breakfast. She's been locked out of her own house and even left for dead on her grandmother's back patio in the big yard up the hill from Anacostia River. That tired, mean man was a dog, but it was the children's daddy, her sons. Three boys, broken ribs and bruises, busted eyes, swollen tears, and losses over time all proved more than she could conquer. 
Lord, that made her simple-minded every waking hour. Edith is a fighter. She sent those boys away from home, one to her sister and the other two with a cousin. She chased off that beating man, which seemed to take forever, and they were never all of them living again under one roof together. But they were, somehow, all, thank God, still living. Thing about a beater is, you can't just tell them go or walk away forever. They chase you till they kill you, lest you kill them first. More than one woman weighs her options of this hell or serving time for one swift and well-placed bullet. They want you not just sad or gone, but broken, dead. Worse than dogs, the twisted non-man monsters, beaters. Nan, Patsy, and Miss Edith are the dearest friends, and they finally take the younger two babies back with them, but they was big and everybody's heart was already way too overbroken. Plus, the oldest was a man with his own thoughts and actions. Nan, Patsy, and Miss Edith worked around the clock, hired out and cleaning offices and other people's houses to make it feel like home again. But it was more healing than love and hot meals could muster. Nan Patsy has long since passed away and never had children of her own. But my God, she is missed and would kill somebody to protect that woman. Miss Edith and Nan Patsy have seen some frightful, ugly things growing up together in Washington, the district. Edith has got her mind on here and now and had to set out to get some groceries. Her years and their stories live inside of her bones and the soft padding underneath her veiny feet. Those feet start the day on the end of morning legs dangling off the bed. They carry her to the basin where she leans to wash up and brush her teeth, looking at the lines that show her face is ancient. All the memories dance in the light in her eyes and she blots them back with a washcloth in warm water. Everything is the temperature of tears and spring and sunshine. She is a woman who has made peace with all the days ahead and behind. That is earlier when the sun is new to this Saturday sky, hours ago when she wakes to leave her unit, when her mind has surfaced from a dream, when the covers get pulled back and she's twisted in her 90, hours ago when the day is still fresh like a cup of coffee, down the hall for the ride to ground level and past the clunky elevator doors, under the two-story gated archway and half a block of sidewalk squares later, Edith is exhausted. She waits on the shelter bench for the metro bus. The street character of her block has changed into a zoo of broken stories, gentrified smiles, and apprehensive greetings. The giant rocking horse has squeaky brakes, and it sways down to the curb, retrieving her with the heavy sigh of steam released as if the metal horse is snorting. Gripping the rail, Edith hoists herself up the stairs and flashes her credentials. This is one place she still sees a sea of smiling neighbors. Her name is Edith. Faces on the train. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and transform them into language so they can be shared. Audrey Lord, Sister Outsider. 
Faces on the Train is written, narrated, and produced by Felicia Chappelle with creative director Will Walker. Audio engineering and production assistance, Mary Evans. Music composition, Umvikeli G. Scott Jones. Content editor, Connor Jameson. Special thanks to Bomani Moyenda and Khalil John. Graphics, Miss Hanifa Jones. Email us at info at womenworkwonders.com or follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonders.com. Wonders. Thank you to our entire production team and thank you very much to our listeners. Catch the next episode of Faces on the Train.